The NBA trade deadline is three weeks away, but that has not stopped the Toronto Raptors from making two blockbuster deals. The one today, as Adrian Wojnarowski broke the news, they are sending forward Pascal Siakam to the Indiana Pacers in exchange for Bruce Brown, Jordan Nawara, and three first-round picks. The Pelicans also jumped in on the deal as a third team, sending former Alabama point guard and lottery pick Kira Lewis Jr., to Toronto in exchange for some cash considerations. We're going to break down this deal in more in-depth in just a bit, but I want to know what is your one-word reaction to the Siakam trade? You're sitting at your work desk. You're sitting on your couch. You get that noty on Twitter. What was your first thought that came to mind? Let us know down in the comments section. My first thought was just simply, wow, that's my one word. It seemed like this was where it was heading as Sham Sharanya had that report late last night about them talking and getting in advanced stages, but no one tweeted anything about it in about, what, 17 hours? And then Woj came and broke the news. And there's a lot of interesting factors here as well. Siakam's a free agent this upcoming offseason. We'll get to that in a bit as well. Is he going to re-sign? Three first-round picks for an expiring contract is very intriguing. Now, granted, Siakam has proven to be able to be a number two on a championship-level team, as in 2019. He was technically that second option to Kawhi Leonard when the Raptors took down the Warriors, but that team was just overall built really, really nicely, and, well, Kawhi was playing at an ungodly level. But this is the full breakdown for you. The Pacers get a Siakam and a second-round pick. The Raptors get Bruce Brown, Jordan Oara, three first-round picks, Kira Lewis Jr., and the Pelicans get cash considerations. Now, I do want to specify on what those first-round picks that Toronto are getting is. It's two 2024 first-round picks and a 2026 first-round pick. The 2024 first-round picks will be an unprotected from Indiana and the worst of Jazz, Rockets, Clippers, Thunder. Likely to be either the Clippers or Thunder, whoever finishes higher, but that is what the other pick will be in 2024. And then 2026 first-round pick is the third, is from, coming from Indiana, and that is top 14 protected, a.k.a. lottery. But if you're the Pacers, you're assuming that, that you won't have to worry about those protections because you're not going to be picking in the lottery come 2026 when you have Halliburton and Siakam. At least that's the goal. We're going to talk more about this trade in just a minute, but I want to know your thoughts on who won the trade. Obviously, the Pelicans aren't really a factor here, but who won it? Type IND for the Pacers, type TOR for the Toronto Raptors. Let us know who you think won this trade down in the comments section, and make sure you are subscribed as well. We have alluded to either myself, Patrick Seatman, that we're going to have you covered on the latest NBA trade rumors and trade news. Well, trade happened. We came out with a video breaking it down for all of you. So if you want more NBA trade coverage, specifically at that trade deadline, we will be going live on trade deadline day. Hit that sub button and join us for the rest of the NBA trade rumor mill. I will go back to the Siakam deal because when we, I asked you on who won the trade, well, I have my own thoughts. And to be honest, I kind of think Toronto won. I know a lot of people are going to look at this at face value and say, well, the Pacers got Pascal Siakam. They got a legit two next to Tyrese Halliburton to pair up with Buddy Heald, with Miles Turner, Benedict Matherin, and some other talented players on that team. But I just think three first-round picks for someone who's an expiring contract is a little bit rich for me. And Bruce Brown, that really is a non 
concern for me when you're talking about what the Pacers gave up. Listen, he was on a two-year, $22.5 million deal per season, so basically $45 million in total. And the second year was a team option. So if the Pacers deemed they didn't want to pay Bruce Brown $20 million again, well, they could have moved off of him, and he could have been an unrestricted free agent again this offseason. So moving off, Bruce Brown doesn't concern me. It's the three first-round picks that feels like a lot. And to me, in order for this to make sense for Indiana, well, they got to at least win and be a top-six seed in the Eastern Conference and avoid that play-in. We'll show the Eastern Conference standings in just a bit as well. But this all hinges on the Pacers' ability to re-sign Pascal Siakam. I mentioned he's going to be a free agent, unrestricted, by the way, this upcoming July. Well, maybe they lock him up beforehand. I don't think they actually can, so now I'm talking about it out loud. I think they'll have to sign him in the offseason at least, but we'll have to see if Siakam wants to stay in Indiana and play with Tyrese Halliburton. Now, if you're a Pacers fan, I got good news for you because Adrian Wojnarowski came back again with a tweet after the trade was made, and he said Siakam is excited about the deal to the Pacers and expected to be eager to work out a new contract with the franchise this summer. Siakam can be a free agent in July. So like I mentioned, he is still going to be an unrestricted free agent, so other teams will have the ability to talk to Siakam and potentially pry him away from Indiana, but the Pacers will at least have him in the building and maybe potentially talk to him about a potential deal coming out this summer for the next three or four months. And I think we have to look at the new dynamic duo out in Indiana because these two are going to fit really nicely together. Tyrese Halliburton is having an all-NBA caliber season. 24 points per game, 12.5 assists, which is just flat-out ridiculous if we're going to be honest. But the efficiency from Halliburton is incredible. 49.7% from the field and shooting above 40% from beyond the arc. He's also played in 33 games. I know he's dealing with that injury right now, but Halliburton has been durable up until that point right now. And you bring in a forward like Siakam, 6'9", 6'10", lengthy, can switch on the defensive end, can get his own bucket offensively consistently, averaging 22 a night. The efficiency is really, really good when you look inside the arc. He can get to the rim. He can get to that 10 to 15-foot mid-range spot whenever he likes and knock it down. The issue is the floor spacing three-point shooting. He was shooting in the 20% up until just about two weeks ago when he started to get his stroke going a little bit. Now shooting in that low 30% mark, which is still really bad, but it's better than what he was earlier in the year when it was at 27 29%. To me, though, when you think about Siakam in Indiana, I don't really think the shooting is actually going to play that big of a role because you got guys like Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, who could really space the floor alongside Halliburton and Pascal Siakam. I'll break down that fit more in depth in just a second, but I do want to show some love to prize picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash CLNS and use code CLNS to get a first deposit match up to $100. It's daily fantasy sports made easy. All you got to do is pick two to six player stat projections, go more than or less than, and you can watch the winnings roll in. You could also win up to 25 times your money. Yes, you heard that correctly. But listen, the NBA is here, obviously. Well, NFL playoffs are still rolling in as well. And I've got my eyes on a divisional weekend play. I've taken more than on Josh Allen, 237.5 passing yards. That feels criminally low. I know the Chiefs defense is good, quick sidebar, but that's going to be a shootout. Right? You'd at least think so. I also take the more than on Dalton Schultz receiving yards and the less than on Aaron Jones rushing yards. You could take my picks. You could go against my picks. But make sure you go to prizepicks.com 
slash CLNS and use code CLNS to get that first deposit match up to $100. Rapper Meek Mill plays prize picks every day. Comedian Andrew Schultz plays prize picks every day. So make sure you join me and them at prizepicks.com slash CLNS. That link will be clickable in the description and comments of today's video. I do want to go back to Indiana because I do think this is a good fit. As much as I said I think the Raptors won this trade because of what they got back, there's no denying that Indiana is a dangerous team in the Eastern Conference. Their top four guys now sit at Tyrese Halliburton, Pascal Siakam, Miles Turner, and Buddy Heald. That is an interesting four-man lineup, and you imagine that maybe Benedict Matherin slides into that starting three spot, the former lottery pick out of Arizona who has really shown some nice things to me. So got Obi Toppin, TJ McConnell off the bench. They've still got some interesting pieces, including Aaron Neesmith, who has really kind of had a resurgence, the former lottery pick as well from Vanderbilt. He's really started to have a breakout year for them. And I just think the... Actual floor spacing, the offensive fit, the defensive fit. Like, Miles Turner is one of the best rim protectors in the NBA. You pair that up with Siakam, who can guard probably two through four, maybe can switch onto the five at times. The defensive fit makes sense. And, boy, do they need defensive help because they are the worst defensive team in the NBA. But on the hindsight, or on the flip side, I should say, they are the number one offensive team in the NBA. And I think that only gets better. I'm not that big of a fan of that Bruce Brown contract. I thought they overpaid him a little bit too much. He's a really good role player, but $22 million felt too much for me. You replace him with Siakam. Woo! That team just got a lot more dangerous. They didn't really lose any pieces. They, Jordan Noara, non-factor for me. And all you do is replace Bruce Brown with Siakam. This team is going to have a real chance to shoot up the Eastern Conference standings and compete inside the NBA playoffs. And let's take a look at those standings because I can't believe how bunched up the Eastern Conference is right now. You got Boston, far and away the number one team in the East. They look like they're just absolutely dominating this year. Milwaukee and Philly are semi-close there at that 2-3 spot. But then this is where it gets fascinating. Four through eight. 23 and 15 is the four seed with the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Magic, who are the eight seed, 22 and 18. So about one and a half games behind that four spot. Those five teams are changing spots inside that standings almost every single day. And it's going to be really intriguing coming down the stretch to see who avoids that plan. No one wants to be in the plan. I imagine the Magic will probably fall into that seven or eight spot. I just don't know if they have enough to keep up with Cleveland, Miami, Indiana, and New York. But it is going to be unbelievable to think that one of those four teams I mentioned will be playing as a seven seed in the plan in Milwaukee having to play one of those teams in the first round, or Philly, could be enticing. But I think the Pacers finish where they are at right now. I think they go at that sixth spot. Maybe they jump up to the five. I expect Miami to stay above Indiana, if we're going to be honest. I think Cleveland could fall a little bit. Maybe that four-five matchup in the first round of the playoffs is Miami-Indiana. That would certainly be an intriguing matchup. Pace versus experience. Very, very interesting. But let me know, what is the ceiling of the Indiana Pacers? Voice your opinion. Is it just a first-round exit? Can they get to the second round? Can they get to the Eastern Conference Finals? Hell, could they get to the NBA Championship? Let me know how far this Indiana Pacers team can go this year. Before we head out of here today, though, I do want to take a flip side and look at what the Toronto Raptors are building up in the six. Because the people including me, questioned what they got in return for OG Ananobi in that New York Knicks trade. But you have to love what they got in return 
for Pascal Siakam today. Let's just look at the assets they've acquired over the past month through these trades. They've got a guard at Emmanuel Quickly, the former third overall pick, R.J. Bear, an elite role player in Bruce Brown, Jordan Nawara, non-factor for me, and Kira Lewis Jr. coming from the Pelicans, who is a very intriguing guy. He never really got or was able to stick in New Orleans, but very quick, very fast. Maybe they develop over there. But then you get the 2024 Indiana first-round pick. That, Like I mentioned earlier, the worst of Utah, Houston, Clippers, Thunder, 2024 first-round pick, a 2026 first. You also got that 2024 second-round pick in the OG Ananobi deal from the New York Knicks. So you got a lot of draft capital plus some interesting young guys. I'm very fascinated to see where the GM of the Raptors, Masai Ujiri, really takes this rebuild because they're going to look to commit around this guy right here, Scotty Barnes, who has shown some nice things, but I do question if he could be a number one or, hell, even a number two on a team. He's still really young. There's still time to grow, but he still doesn't have a good or confident, established jump shot. That concerns me. Is Scotty IQ, RJ... Not going to be a nucleus that can really make some noise in the Eastern Conference? I lean no, but with all the added draft capital, maybe they can make a play in a trade or just hope they hit on those draft picks and really do create a young nucleus out in Toronto. That will do it on today's show. If you haven't already, what are you doing? Hit that sub button. Stay locked in with us here at Chat Sports so you never miss a beat of NBA trade rumors or NBA trade news like the news today as we do approach the NBA trade deadline.